Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dynamic Thriving Podcast. I am your host, Mary Ann Pack, spiritual medium, author. While I was away, I became an author of a best-selling book and started my own Envision Greatness Press imprint, and I am a joy advocate, guiding you into all things life transformational, and I'm so happy to introduce you to the Unmuted Voices series of the podcast. And with me today, I have Rebecca Turvo of Rebecca Turvo Coaching. Welcome, Rebecca. I am so glad you are here. Thank you. I am so happy to be here. This is fun. Oh, good. I am so excited because the Unmuted Voices is going to be interviews with transformational leaders who, who used to have their voices muted and silenced because of indoctrination in their religion or their family or society or their culture who made them play small. And then something in their life happened where they realized it was time to unmute their voice and start using their voice for good in the world and um, to propel the joy and the energy of love around the globe. So I am so happy to have Rebecca as she tells us her story. So we're going to jump right in, Rebecca, and talk to you about, so when did you realize that it wasn't safe to use your voice so that it wasn't, um, you had to keep it small or held inside because um there were just those indoctrinated beliefs that covered over your voice. Yeah, this is pretty much my life story because I was born into a a high demand fundamentalist Orthodox religion Mm. where you weren't taught that you should even think for yourself. I mean, it's not like they said, don't think for yourself. Right. However, the culture was, that, you know, we receive the word of God through the lay minister who sits at the front of the church on Sundays. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Like, that's the word of God. And that's how you follow, right? And so asking questions or trying to learn outside of that was really discouraged. And actually, there were no, an- like, if you ask a question, I learned really on why bother. There's not really good answers. So <laughs> don't ask questions just go along to get along. So that's what I've done pretty much my whole life. Yeah. 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 I I can relate to that because I'm kind of in the same boat. My, my religious upbringing was very much, um, you know, silence, especially for women. Um, So it kind of kept that voice squelched for many, many years. So how did, having to mute your voice, how did that affect like your relationships or your, I mean, as you grew up, um, you know, your relationships or even your, maybe your career choice or your health, because health was a big issue for me. I created a lot of sickness in my body. Um, So what, well, how did it affect you? I mean, I suppose there's a couple phases because like when I was a kid, It just felt like I couldn't really be me. So I wasn't real friends with people. Do you know what I mean? Like at school, I had friends that weren't from church, but I felt like I wasn't being me because I was just trying to be what I was supposed to be for the church. And so I could be acceptable to the church. I didn't fit in anywhere, to be honest. I didn't fit in with the church because I didn't believe what they were telling me, but I guess I didn't really 
learn that until later on because I was just like so used to following rules. Mm -hmm. So I did that. But then at school, I had friends who I really would have loved to be more with them <laughs> and more active with them. But mm -hmm. I really wasn't, couldn't really be me with them either because I was trying to put on this face of who I'm supposed to be, right? So there was that with relationships and my, and, like I think that really was hard in school as a kid not belonging you know there weren't a lot of people from my church in school <laughs> so I didn't really belong there you right. know what I mean and that was really difficult and I think later on you know being now I would always say that I would choose my husband all over again however you know the rules say <laughs> you have to find a husband within the church and so right. he would always wonder now well you just picked me because you know I was right. He has a very, he's very insecure about that. <laughs> he thinks I just picked him because of that. Right. And um, I think there's a lot of with women, um, especially like women can't be leaders in the church. We can't be ministers. You're not allowed to be on the board. Mm -hmm. So as a woman, you're taught too in your marriage vows, the man is the head of the wife. Mm -hmm. So, Oh yes. You know, <laughs> it, it just felt wrong even as a woman to even, think you should have an opinion on anything or say yeah. anything. Yeah. 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 Lots of health issues. I would say lots of health issues. I bet you my, my weight struggles for, mm -hmm. since I've been 30 on have been about pushing myself down, pushing myself down, trying to belong, trying to fit in. And I'm finally breaking out of that, but it's been a hard, 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 long struggle yeah. through that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I can so relate to your story. <laughs> Yeah, it just sounds yeah. like a repeat. You know, I can just say ditto. Yeah, so, I know. I, I yes, but the thing is, I think that you know, as we move through these the series of unmuted voices, and we have so many different stories, somebody out there in the audience is going to be so relate to somebody's yeah. story. Because, you know, I so relate to yours and um, I'm sure there are millions out there who would, um, you know, because of our religious uh, upbringing and the indoctrination that we were, you know, taught to believe those beliefs, you know, so I'm just, you know, now getting to the point where I want to ask you, you know, what was your aha moment? What was it? Or maybe it was a string of moments that finally allowed you to give yourself permission to start using your voice? Because I really want to spend time in giving hope to people who feel like they have had to mute their voice, that they can use it, that they can speak their truth, that they can um, use their voice for good. Yeah, I would say the first major thing that happened was our, um, and I think I've told you about this before, but our son died of suicide unexpectedly when he was 17. Mm -hmm. And that was 10 years ago now. So for me, you know, it's something I've worked a lot through. But when it happened, being in a religion that, you know, people would think suicide is a mortal sin. Um, he went to hell, mm -hmm. the devil was speaking to him, you know, all the weird things that yes. Christians might tell you. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I, I really had to find my voice there to decide what do I believe about this? Because whatever the church wanted to tell me or whatever people from the church who are also indoctrinated 
I, I see them as victims, to be honest, but you know, yeah. whatever they thought was best to tell me wasn't working for me. It was just not working. And I decided to go out and get therapy, regardless of people telling me you shouldn't get therapy, right? Because guess what? Those people aren't Christian, <laughs> you know, yes. whatever the weird things are. <laughs> uh, so anyways, I decided to get therapy for myself, my husband, our kids, like we went all got therapy. Um, and from there, I even went and got coaching and I started doing EFT with a coach, right? EF, which I don't know if your audience knows emotional freedom technique. That was so amazingly helpful for me to work through my grief. And it started, though, bringing in new ideas about what's possible. And I wrote a book. <laughs> I was like, oh. I am going to write a book about my experience because it's going to help somebody. I could not find people who are willing to talk about suicide. You know, it's such a taboo topic. You know, even in our society in general, not just in Christianity, it's just, I felt like, who mm -hmm. is willing to talk to me as a parent who's lost a child, and people just want to just keep it quiet, even people who've lost children or others to suicide, they're even feel like, oh, we shouldn't talk about it. Yeah. And so I was like willing to talk about it. That was the first time I used my voice in a book and it was super scary. It was like the most scary thing I had ever done because I knew I could get a lot of um, hate and, and, you know, lots of like, yeah. I don't even know, recriminations from the church, you know, that, that kind of stuff. But I thought I'm going to do it anyway. And as far as I know, my, my own sister, I only have one sister. I have three brothers and one sister, but she has not read the book. She refuses to read the book. Um, my mom did read the book, but I'm just saying like, it was just this, like I had a need to write it. So that was the first time I felt like I could use my voice to express mm -hmm. how disappointed I am that there's nobody to talk to about this and that there needs to be more open communication about it for people like me who are trying to heal through it. You know, I was just so, I, I had the strong urge. I didn't, it needed to be part of my journey. And so it was. And then from then on, people thought I was weird. <laughs> so now you're just weird. I'm like, okay, I guess I'm weird now. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so yeah, that was one part for sure. And that also brought me to coaching. I started being a coach for mm -hmm. other women who had lost children to suicide. Now, other people in the church would think, no, that's totally off the wall. You shouldn't be doing that. Like even suicide prevention work wow don't do that right like yeah isn't it's so fascinating it was just a weird world you know and wow. so um yeah I guess that was our my foray into actually a crack in this armor of faith that I had that I mm -hmm. thought I had right I really didn't have that I was just following a bunch of rules that I, I don't know that I really truly believed anyways and that was kind of what so it's been 10 years of that now, you know, 10 mm -hmm. years of deconstructing all yes. of that stuff. Yeah. I yeah. like that you use that word deconstructing. And I love that, you know, you utilize DFT, which is, you know, like you said, emotional freedom technique, which is a tapping where, you know, as you say phrases, you're tapping on specific, you know, energetic meridians throughout your body so that you're anchoring you know, you're releasing the old mm -hmm. in the rounds and yeah. or the negative, and then you're installing and anchoring new um, yeah. emotions and the energy in your body. So it's a very healing technique and I love EFT. So 
I, I like that too. So do you, do you use that now? Do you still continue to yeah. kind of use a little bit of EFT? Yes. Well, I'm, I got finally went just now last year and got certified in EFT so that I can offer Ooh. it for people in my work because it was so, it was so life-changing for me at that time when I really needed it. Right. right. And off and on during the years, even when I knew about it and I would just like, if I was at work and was having a lot of anger and stress in a meeting, I could tap under my desk or under the table and nobody would know. Right. <laughs> and so I learned to use it just in small situations as a tool to just keep my emotions in check. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, where you didn't want to be like, ah! right. Right. <laughs> but so, yeah, I, I, I finally went and got, like I said, I, I finally wanted to use it in my own work and I found a program I really enjoyed going to. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Oh, wonderful. So how did you start? How did you start shifting those beliefs, you know, to become yeah, yeah. your own sovereign to, you know, to live joyfully unmuted? Um, because this, this yeah. is the transition. This is the work that we're called when, when we have that urging to start unmuting our voice, but how do we do it? I know, because let me tell you that it took me, I'm hoping that it doesn't take people this long, because I feel like it took me so long, because it was all this, um, it was just such a process of, first of all, I wrote that book, then I got brave enough, because people started asking me to speak on stage, and I got brave enough mm. to go speak in groups, and then I got brave enough to attend, like a, a national conference for grief of parents grief, right? And I did that a couple years. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, and it just like the more I did that stuff, the braver I became, and the more stories I heard, and the more I recognized how pain how much pain so many people are in, and they don't feel like there's any help or hope, you right. know, but for those of us who are willing to talk about it, it really helps other people stories are so important. Oh, <laughs> and okay. live, you know, sharing those lived experiences. Because I think everybody thinks, and this is what I thought, well, I'm the only one, I'm alone, nobody cares, nobody wants to talk about it. That's what I thought until I was willing to share that. And so that was, so as soon as I started hearing about a lot of other people's stories, and then when I went to life coach training, oh my gosh, I was, I think, just being exposed to so many different ideas yes. of how religions could be how the world could work what other people think about god i'm like what like like we were so i would say closed in right it was like a closed yeah. society yeah. you know and you're taught don't go look outside yourself you might feel really guilty actually when i did when mm -hmm. i was like oh like if friends would invite me to church or they'd invite my kids to their church oh oh that was just like it was the worst thing right you could not do that like you felt so guilty like you're going to be lead up led off the narrow path and way over in the darkness you know it's just like these and it was it really my belief or was it just this automatic thought that came up mm -hmm. it was just an automatic thought that came up because I had been indoctrinated into that way for so long so when I started meeting with all these other life coaches who had all these different beliefs and there was a spiritual community and this woo-woo stuff and I was like I just it was so uncomfortable for me <laughs> it was like oh you know, I was like, wait a minute, like, and, and astrology, I started studying astrology and human design and the gene keys. I know. And that was like, oh, my gosh, like, now for sure, I must be going to hell. I swear. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Um, just, but I think it was over time, just little things like that, just allowing myself. And when you are a life coach, you're taught in your training to just hold space. Like it doesn't matter what the person says, you know, you're here to just hold the space. You're not here to judge them or try to convince them on this side the, or the other. I'll and that them. was a really, it was a really good practice for me, yeah, you know, right. to just listen. And it didn't matter what they said. It doesn't matter. Like they are allowed to have their opinion and whatever they're going through is just, it's their experience, right? Like I had to learn so much because I was grown, had grown up in such a judgmental type of society, yes. right? It's not conditional love. Let me tell you that. I think Jesus is about unconditional love, but it wasn't about unconditional love. <laughs> it was about let's judge everybody who's doing the wrong thing and tell right. them they're all wrong because they got to come over here and do the right thing. You know what I mean? Right. right. Um, I think that played huge a huge part in my journey. Right. Now, our daughter came out as gay when she was 17. So that was like five years ago. And I was like, oh, here's another thing. Mm -hmm. Now what? Right? Right. <laughs> so... I've had a lot of time to think about these things and what do they mean in comparison to what I was brought and raised to believe versus what I really want to believe. Like I want to believe that my daughter is just as valuable as I am. Mm -hmm. Like why couldn't she get married and have a family? I don't get it. Like why, you know, why right. should we teach that she's less than that doesn't didn't make sense to me. That was the next big thing for me, right? Son yeah. suicide, then daughter's gay. People. Then I thought, oh, people now think I'm wacky because I must have done something wrong. And that's mm -hmm. something Christians yeah. do. We're not a good enough Christian. We didn't follow all the rules. That's all the stuff I thought. I'm like, oh my gosh, God is giving me so many things, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, it took a long time. I, I think that's a long answer to your question, but. Yeah, no, that's not the question. <laughs> yeah, no, that's perfect because um, it does take a while. It's not just, yeah. I mean, even for myself, it wasn't, you know, a snap of the finger and I'm ready to open up my voice. It is, yeah. it's, it's a process, you know, of releasing and installing, releasing and allowing, you know. Uh, so it does take, mm -hmm. it does take a while. So, what has this transformation for you using your unmuted voice now? You know, what is it made available for you? What, what are you doing with it now? How are, oh, first, I forgot. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Finish the question. No, I'll try I, not to hop in. That's fine. Um, I, yeah, I'm just wanting to know, you know, what is this made available? What improvements have you seen in your life just by unmuting yeah. your voice? So first, I want to say that I have been through coaching groups for like five years. And this has been an overall upcoming theme for me, my authenticity, you're, I'm still not being authentic, mm -hmm. I'm not able mm -hmm. to speak my truth. It came up over and over for several years in coaching. And I'm like, yep, we're back to the same issue over and over again. And the problem was, I was so afraid. I had already decided what I knew to be true and what I wanted to believe. But I was so afraid of saying it and hurting family members and friends and the community that I still live around. Um, and it just, it just like, it was cringe where I was thinking, Oh, what's it going to do? They're going to kick me out. They're going to hate me. They're going to, I don't know what. Right. And I like to be liked and I like to have yes. friends and <laughs> I like to be in community. And so that happened for so long. And then I had a major health crisis 
last year. And that, I think that was a wake up call. Like I want to live as who I am now. I'm tired of, and I'm, I'm also 51 now. Why can't I decide who my life, what my life's about? Why am I still letting this group over here determine who I am and what my life's about? Even though I don't believe in so much of that anymore, I was still sort of not saying it right. Like I was saying it in people like that were far away from the community, but in the community, I'm still over here pretending. I mean, it's just silly, right? right? COVID, and COVID happened. COVID happened, which means you could have a good excuse to stay away from church for a long time. <laughs> that was actually really good for me. I got to just not go to church every Sunday for a long time. And I just used that good excuse. Oh, you know, COVID. And so mm-hmm. I stayed away and it really helped me to go like, oh my gosh, I love Sundays. I never liked Sundays mm-hmm. before. Uh, yes. Now I love them. I'm like, I get to do what I want on a Sunday. <laughs> There's yes. no expectations and pressure, you know, all the stuff that comes with Sunday. Um, okay, so this past year after Christmas, well, at Christmas, I told my kids um, mm. about the fact that, I mean, this, I mean, the reason I'm saying this is church is such a huge part of our life. It is our life. Yeah. It's everything. It, it creates the whole structure for your whole life. So when you decide to leave, it's such a big deal, right? And even though I had left in my heart long time ago, physically, I really yeah. hadn't left until COVID started, mm-hmm. but people still didn't know I left. <laughs> so I'm like, it's time to be truthful for myself and my yeah. family. And it's like, how can you be real with people if you're not telling the truth? So I yeah. told my kids and we had a discussion and of course they don't care. It didn't bother them at all. And my husband, I had been talking about it with him for a while and of course for him it's a little bit harder because he's also was born into this church you know Mm -hmm. um but I finally wrote letters to my parents and my sister and my brothers and I just decided it's the right thing to do and I knew that they wouldn't feel comfortable some of them for sure Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know and I don't really know how that's affecting none of them live around me so I don't you know Mm -hmm. they live in different church communities than I do so it's not like they can see me every week that I'm not in church or am in church. Right. So they weren't really aware of this, right? Um, unless people were talking about it, which they probably were. But anyways, um, I just thought it would be good for them to know. And then I can go on and I can do my podcast freely. Mm-hmm. I can say what I believe because that's what I was worried about. That's where my voice was still being muted. I wasn't publicly talking on my Facebook page or my podcast or my YouTube channel about you know, things that I really want to talk about because that was going to give clues to people (laughs) about what's going on with her, you know? (laughs) So, yeah. So I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm 51 and I took back my life and I'm allowed to say what I want now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, which is important. Yes, Um, it is. Yeah. I'm allowed to do the work I want. Like what if I wanted to do a retreat for post-religion women? I would have felt so uncomfortable saying that if I hadn't told my parents that I left church. Do you yes. know what I mean? Yes. I felt like I I was I I wanted to honor them, I guess, by they're my parents and I want to respect who they are and what they believe. And also to tell them that I don't believe that anymore and there's this work I want to do, but I feel like I'm being held back from doing it. So, yeah. So that's yeah. What was, yeah, the, I, what was the question? Did I get off base with the question? No, you did good. Okay. <laughs> um, it's just like what's what's now available to you, you know, oh, because yeah. of that. And that's that's so good. It's you the know, work. That's what you 
Yeah. yeah it's for doing the work. Yeah. yeah. Because when I first started, you know, when I left the church in my mid forties, it was like, now, now what do I do now? What will this yeah. make available for me? Um, yeah. Because, you know, I lost all my friends and I lost a few family members for a while, you know, yeah. but, but it opened me up. Um, yeah. And it was better not to disappoint myself than being fearful that I'm going to disappoint someone else. I, you have to speak your truth. You have to, you have to. So our mess is our message. I always love to say that because it's so true. What we come through, what we work through becomes, becomes our message. So how do you use your unmuted voice now to speak your truth in joyful service to others. You kind of hit on a few points, but yeah, this is yeah. where I want you to tell us about your work at Rebecca Turvo Coaching. And this yeah. is her website, RebeccaTurvo.com. So I'm going to leave that up for a little bit here. And so Thank tell you. us, how do you use yes. this in your business? Okay. So, I mean, I guess what I had been doing is I'd been using human design as like, a core part of my business, which I'd kind of quietly been doing it without really, but, but sort of doing it publicly too. I mean, how can, how do you get clients if you're not doing it publicly? But anyways, human design, I've, I've been using that for a while, but now I'm thinking, oh, I see how this is a great tool to help women who are wanting to be more of them, right? It's, this is my journey. I want to be more me. I want to be allowed to be me. I want to live my own truth. And it's so hard to do that when you've been repressed. And so I want to open that conversation for other women to kind of have more, I, I call it kind of a spiritual awakening, because I don't think I ever yes. found spirituality in religion. I think that it was for me, it was just following a bunch of rules. <laughs> so, right. you know, but it's like, who are you? Like, what is your soul here to do? And like, I want to use that I want to use human design as a tool to help people open up to their story of who they are you know what I mean um so yeah and I have that podcast beautifully bloomed which you were a guest on mm -hmm. I don't think that came out yet that episode hasn't come out yet but it's so fun like to talk with women like you and other women who've been through spirit or been through religious crisis or yes. crisis of faith however you want to say it um like what is their life now like how can they open up to something different how can you feel better in your relationships and in your health? <laughs> and then you can do the work you want to do, yes. Yes, right? Yes, Which yes. is so important. Um, a lot of us wouldn't be doing this kind of work if we were still fully into the church because, well, it would be different work. <laughs> Let me just say that. Yes. <laughs> I wouldn't be able yeah. to do this, you know. Right. It wouldn't feel the, like aligned. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, even you know, we can find ways to unmute our voices, whether in we're, we're doing this kind of work or not, you know, right. in any kind of business field, just yeah. learning to use your voice, maybe even within your family or, you know, where it was silenced before. So yeah. it doesn't, you don't have to unmute your voice just because you're in the transformational leader's role in whatever role you find yourself, whatever profession yeah. or at home or whatever you're doing, that there's, there's hope for you to yeah. unmute your voice. Yes. Yes. Because there's this group on Facebook called the Mama Dragons. I don't know if you ever heard oh, of it. I haven't. But I joined it because I am the mom of a gay 
well, she's a young adult now. And I'm like, where are those people talking about this? Like the parents who went through this religious crisis and had a gay child. And I'm like, oh, there's, there's groups for everything. So I want to be able to feel free to talk about my child like she's an ama- she's the amazing beautiful human being she is without me feeling like oh I shouldn't talk about her I don't yeah. think that's right either <laughs> so I'm learning right to be freer to speak about that stuff so yeah I love that I want to do that for my yeah. kids <laughs> I love that Rebecca I so appreciate you coming on the podcast and being our guest and being vulnerable to tell us your story because yeah. sometimes it's a it's scary to put yourself out there you know, showing that vulnerable side because you never know the reaction that you're going to get. But there is going to be more good come from these podcasts of unmuted voices um, than there is any kind of negativity. So I do want to thank you. You'll find Rebecca at RebeccaGervo.com. Let me show that one more time. And um I just want to thank everybody for joining us for this episode of the Dynamic Thriving Podcast, Unmuted Voices Series. And so be sure to like, comment, and share this um, podcast with those who, who are looking for more joy and to unmute their voice. If you know of someone who has really felt like they have had to mute their voice for their own safety, that there is hope to be able to speak their truth in the world. And I also want to let you know that at the end of this podcast, um, this series, we are going to be turning these podcasts into an um, anthology. And it you'll find more information on our website, wearejoybooks.com. And um, you'll also find my first book that I just published. Let's see. There we are. We are Joy. We Awaken Your Joy. So I would love for you to go to that website and um, get your own copy there. And as always, you can find me at maryannpack.com. So do you have any other parting words of wisdom, Rebecca, (laughs) that you would like to leave us with? Because I have so enjoyed our conversation today. This has been a joy. Yes. Oh, one, I, I just thought of something that came up. It's like desire means of spirit. And when I found that out, I was like, wait a minute, I desire to do these things. And I always thought that was wrong. So I encourage all women to think about what do you desire to do with your life? You know, because it's really for your soul and your spirit. It's not about God or what somebody else told you you should do. So yes, that's my parting words of wisdom. (laughs) I love it. Absolutely. (laughs) I love it. Thank you so much. And, um, you know, remember, everybody, you are joy looking for a way to express and unmute your voice and express the joy of who you are, that you are joy embodied. That spirit, that soul, that eternal part of you is joy and is calling you mind, body and spirit together into wholeness of the joy of who you are. So I love you all. Thank you. Thank you, Rebecca, for being on the show with me today. And I so appreciate you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye, y'all.